Thanksgiving, not the Super Bowl. There's not no football. It's, it's the Democrat debate, night five. Everyone get excited. Um, yeah, so let's we're gonna dig in, talk about what to look for. Uh, but first, I I want to kind of talk about a little bit. So the last video I made on Sunday, I talked about how Obama has been getting criticized for some of the comments he's been making. And I said, you know, there's been blood in the water and people are going to continue to criticize. Like it's going to only get worse. And there's going, you're going to see a continued fracture within the Democratic Party of those who are like, no, Obama represents basically like the, our best, you know, he's almost kind of like the, the, the Reagan for the conservatives, you know, like the conservatives have Reagan for recent, you know, conservatism and advancing that as an ideal. And some of those policies, you know, Obama kind of represents that for the, the left, you know, and he's undoubtedly a talented and incredibly historic politician. Um, but we're going to continue to see that to fra that fracture, uh, is what I said. And, and the latest, um, I guess, like attack being thrown at Obama comes courtesy of the Guardian. So for the for those of you that didn't see the last video I made, he has made some comments lately about, you know, some increased radicalism he's seen within the base. Um just in, in the culture generally, he made some comments at an event with his daughter where he addressed, you know, people just engaging in these Twitter mobs online and said that's not real activism. That's not how you get anything done. And, you know, you need to apply nuance to people, basically. And he didn't make that about partisanship. He just said anyone, generally. He didn't make any political statements. But, man, it's doing that reconnect thing. I, I hope it doesn't do that the whole time. Um, anyway, but the ones he made the other day where he was talking to some Democratic donors, and he said, we need to not go down this road of radicalism. And he's taken some criticism for that. And so I think it's worth mentioning this piece from The Guardian before talking about the debates because this shades what's going on in the Democratic Party right now. So the title of this piece from The Guardian is called Thanks Obama, But the Patronizing Lectures Are Getting Old. And the author, I should have included her name in here, but anyway, she said, Last Friday, the former president addressed the annual meeting of the Democratic Alliance, a network of wealthy Democratic donors... Uh, and praised realism over idealism. Even as we push the envelope, he said, we also have to be rooted in reality. The average American doesn't think we have to completely tear down the system and remake it. They just don't want to see crazy stuff. He cautioned against the Democrats adopting too progressive a platform, arguing that voters aren't aligned with the ambitions of certain left-leaning Twitter feeds or the activist wing of our party. Like I said in the last video I made, that there was too far left was trending on Twitter for like five seconds, and then there was a backlash of, well, he's just too far right. Um, so his caution was pretty much completely thrown out. The author goes on to say, Obama's remarks to the Democracy Alliance come just weeks after he made similarly disparaging comments about the left during a conversation at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago. Quote, we can't completely remake society in a minute, he said. Quote, the idea of purity and you're never compromised. Thanks, Obama, but these patronizing lectures are getting old. Most, oh man, it's doing it. Most progressives, I'd wager, are well aware change doesn't happen overnight. But that doesn't mean we need to compromise our values or ambitions. That doesn't mean we should get over the crazy idea that we can build a more equal world for everyone. And so the reason why I bring this up 
is because this conflict between in the Democratic base, you know, people, you know, there's a quote I read just today from Richard Nixon where he was saying during his primaries is he said, you have to go as far to the right as you can during the primaries and then swing back to the center as much as you can during the general election. He was talking about the conservative base, but this speaks to what's going on in the, the Democratic base right now more generally in that Obama is, it's, he's one of those things that is popular in idea or in, in, you know, maybe whenever people just think about nostalgia before Trump, right? He just kind of represents the time before Trump. But whenever he opens his mouth to say things, the radicals just eat him alive, even if what he's saying is totally reasonable. I mean, the fact that uh, the two things that I think are interesting here, and then we'll get into the stuff with the primaries or with the debate tonight. Um, you know, the first is there's been this question of why hasn't Obama endorsed Biden yet? And I wonder if the real question for the primaries, at least, is would it help to have Obama's endorsement? I think it would, because, you know, what what he's saying there is that this Twitter mob doesn't represent the, the general voters. And I think he's right, but I'm not sure that having his direct endorsement would be super beneficial for really anyone's campaign at this point. Um, maybe someone like Elizabeth Warren, that some of Biden's support. But yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting thought to think about of, well, how popular is Obama with the primary voters? Um, and then the second thing, what's really fascinating is the fact that, so the whenever she says, well, he made disparaging comments about the left a couple weeks ago at this summit, well, that's he didn't say anything about the left during then. He said he talked about throwing stones on Twitter and applying nuance to people and saying, you know, the world isn't black and white. You know, the people you disagree with, you also might have stuff in common with. And the people who you really, really like and do agree with, well, they're not perfect. And so you can't treat the world like this all or nothing type thing. You have to apply nuance. And the author of this piece in The Guardian automatically assumes it's about the left, even though he doesn't say that. And so I think it's, I don't know if that's a Freudian thing, or if that qualifies, but she was like, oh, he must be talking about us. Uh, we're not, we don't engage in that. You know, it really feels like if you tell someone they're being defensive and they're like, no, I'm not. How dare you say that? Why would you ever say that? You know, is, is kind of what her reaction feels like here, where she's saying, well, this is disparaging that he would just, even though his, like, his words were, you can't just do these purity tests. You know, you have to be willing to find common ground with people. And the fact that she took it so insulting and she, you know, disparaging is kind of a synonym for derogatory. There's there's some polarizing undertones there when he's just saying you need to not apply purity tests like this. And the response from her and many in that part of the base is, how dare you say we not apply purity tests? What's wrong with you? You're out. You know, in, in other words... Because you said we apply purity tests, we're going to apply Man, it's, it keeps doing that reconnecting. That's frustrating. Anyway, it is what it is. So I, that type of, that tenor, that uh, fracture within the base, we've seen it in a lot of these debates where you can tell that a lot in the mainstream media who lean to the left, that's fine, it is what it is, they are like, they're part of the establishment Democrats that understand that if Bernie Sanders gets the nomination, he wouldn't win. Elizabeth Warren probably wouldn't win. Beto O'Rourke, any of those, they wouldn't win. And so, like, but they also, that part of the wing where they have tacitly supported some of these outrage mobs. And so they know that if, if they speak out, then they're going to be toast too. 
you know, if, if Barack Obama isn't immune to this, then no one is, you know? And so I think that it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that, you know, kind of threading the needle there with the base. Um, there's an article in CNN that they've been doing this series about the political divide. They call it the divided states of America. It's got some interesting stuff in it. Some of it I don't agree with, but one of the things they talk about is there's an exhausted majority in the country that are pretty low key. They don't, they're exhausted. They just want to decide. And so it is the majority, but they're not the vocal majority. And so it doesn't seem like they are the majority. So there are certain people that recognize that. Obama is one of them that recognizes that. Joe Biden is one that recognizes that. Many in the mainstream media, like Anderson Cooper, um, I think Don Lemon, I think they recognize that. And so they, they're trying to thread that needle so that they don't get canceled, so to speak, but also try to, as much as they can, platform the moderates in their party. So anyway, that'll be interesting. So here's where the polls are at tonight. I'll go, I'll go through like who's going to be in the debates, where they stand in the polls, and what to look for generally. So Biden's at 31%. He's doing well. This debate's in Atlanta. Biden has really large support in the black community. So I think he'll be all right. He might take some heat because race will be part of it. I, I expect there to be stuff about race. Um, healthcare is like the big divide. Probably some stuff with gender issues because it's an all-female um, moderators. There's five of them. It's all female. So there'll probably be some gender stuff. But Biden's really popular in the black community, so he might take some heat over the crime bill. He's done that before. I don't think there'll be any new criticisms. Really, all Biden has to do is just keep his head down, stay, make it seem like he's not about to keel over and die, and keep the gaffes to a minimum. You know, Don't say that we need to provide record players to moms to play for their kids so that they can get smart. Like, you know, that's, that you're not winning anything there. Just don't be a meme. Just keep your head down, seem reasonable, and he'll be fine. He's at 31%. He's been pretty steady. He took a dip after one of the debates, but he has went pretty much right back up. Um, so I think he'll be okay. He'll just keep his head down. Next is Elizabeth Warren. She's at 18%. Um, I would say she's going to be playing defense right now. So she, you know, she's, I have a plan for that. Her big thing is I have all these plans. And her plan, she released her plans in recent weeks. And they're not very good. They've taken criticism from the left and the right. Um, obviously the right. But there's been a lot of criticism on the left as well of these plans don't make sense. They, they're not financially workable. You like double dip and triple dip in certain areas. The wealth tax is wildly unpopular. For So she's. I think she's going to be trying to reinvigorate so, support for her and for her policies because of the criticism she's been taking. I think she's going to be playing defense. Who knows? She might try to make up or grossly exaggerate another story from her past to try and get sympathy. We'll see. There seems to be a new one every couple months. Uh, maybe she's learned her lesson since that hasn't really helped her, uh, but we'll see. I, the next is, so she's at 18, Sanders is at 17. Um, so they're getting close to parity, which is what I thought might have ha might happen after the last debates. It's what's happened. If Sanders is going to criticize her now that he can differentiate between his plans and her plans. I wonder if he's going to say, this is how she wants to pay for it. It won't work. This is how I want to pay for it. Uh, it also won't work, but at least he can draw a distinction there. So he might do that. He needs to do that. He needs to criticize Warren. I don't think he will. Um, I think he's too principled. I don't think he will, but he does have the advantage of, he actually believes this stuff. 
Warren is wildly dishonest. It seems she's changed her position on pretty much everything, uh, especially in recent years. And so I think that there, you get a sense in the base that especially the people that support Sanders know that Warren is basically piggybacking off of his policies. So yeah, I, I would expect for Sanders to probably not criticize her like he needs to, but anyway, but they're basically tied, so it's still anyone's ballgame there. So next up, this is going to be the big interesting one, or one of them, Pete Buttigieg. Pete, Pete's riding at 8% right now, so he's kind of taken Kamala's spot as fourth in the race. Um, he's in the lead in Iowa right now. Iowa, of course, is the first of the... So expect Pete to take some criticism. Last week, one of the things people were looking for is is Pete Buttigieg going to be able to show that he can be firm, that he can uh, be tough under criticism, tough under fire, demonstrate that leadership? He did a good job of doing that last week. So the question will be, is he going to do that again? Um, I don't know. But he will be facing some criticism, I think. Some of Sanders' staffers have criticized him, criticized him recently. So we'll see if that continues. The reality is, Pete is not as as moderate as he seems in his policies, there is, you can find, I think Washington Post is, has the best one, but where you look at the overlap in people's policies and, you know, he's incredibly radical on abortion. He's incredibly radical on wealth, on the wealth tax. He also supports a wealth tax that Elizabeth Warren supports. He just hasn't put it out there in a plan to like, hey, this is how I'm going to pay for it. But the same criticisms that she's facing over that can also be equally levied at him. Um, so I would expect for him to take some heat tonight. And the other thing that I think he'll take some heat for is that he's not popular at all in the black community. He's had some problem back in South Bend with some police issues within the black community that he's faced criticism for. So he needs to shore up some of that support. This debate is in Atlanta. It's a good opportunity for him to do that. But we'll see where it goes. I, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I think he can handle the pressure. Um, it'll just be, can he make that appeal? You know, if, you know, Hillary Clinton was incredibly pandering. You know, she talked about carrying hot sauce because he talked about smoking weed and he played jazz and he was kind of a, you know, cool kind of guy. And so, but she didn't get a huge turnout within the black community during the 2016 election or in the primaries. So if she can't, I'm not real convinced that Pete Buttigieg can, but we'll see. Um, I think that he's still kind of a wild card and it that that's one that I think could climb pretty high if he has a couple good showings. Um, the rest, Kamala Harris trying to find a way to stay in it. You know, Kamala Harris and, and honestly, like Julian Castro, uh, where Beto O'Rourke was and Cory Booker, you know, they're all kind of Bruce Willis from the sixth sense. Their campaigns are dead. They just haven't realized it yet. Kamala Harris does have reason to think that she might have a chance, but she blew that chance a couple months ago. So, I don't know what she's going to do. She's kind of one that's like, well, you know, whatever. Uh, Cory Booker is also in there. He's Kamala Harris is at 4%. Um, Booker's at 1%, you know, but they're kind of in that same category. Julian Castro didn't even make the cutoff for this debate. Um, anyway, so we'll see what happens. There are three that need to have a good showing tonight um, for different re Well, for the same reason, but in different ways. Tulsi Gabbard is one that people were kind of still waiting for her to do something to explode. She hasn't. She's she's faced some criticisms that I think are totally unfair. She's also faced some tech censorship with Google, who she is suing over it. I think rightfully so. Um, so she's an interesting candidate, but I think we're, we've got to wait and see. People are just waiting for her to have a moment that she hasn't had yet. Um, Andrew Yang, same way, you know, if every answer is, 
we're going to throw a thousand dollars at it. Um, there's only so many people that that is going to completely win them over. Yang's pulling at 2% also, just like um, Tulsi Gabbard is. So he's going to have to make an, a broader appeal other than, hey, I'm, we're just going to throw $1,000 at it. Um, so yeah, he needs to have a moment. Amy Klobuchar needs to have a moment, but really she needs to do what she did in, the, in last month's debates. Even though she's still only at 2%, I think she could do really good in Iowa. Um, which would be huge for her. She's still in this right now, even though she's at 2%. She needs to continue to distinguish herself as a true moderate, as a true option in this primary. Um, she was really well-received after the last debates, despite really only climbing about a half a percent as a result. Um, but I think that she could do it again and you know, maybe go up to three or four. She could chip into some of Pete Buttigieg's support. Um, and Biden's support. So anyway, the, those are ones who need to have a moment and they'll approach it different ways. Uh, Yang's going to have to have, some, have something, period. And Klobuchar is going to have to have something that continues to reinforce, I hate, I'm a moderate. I've been doing this for a long time. I have incredible bipartisan support. You know, it's not just Joe Biden in this thing as a moderate. Um, Cory Booker's in it, you know, whatever. He's not going to do anything. He'll drop out. His campaign's been bleeding money. So is Yang's also. So he's another one why I say he needs to do something because he's bleeding support. Um, Tom Steyer, he's the guy who mainly is running on impeachment. Uh, super duper rich. What's funny is that Michael Bloomberg, after jumping into the race, is polling at 3%. So he's over Booker, Steyer, Klobuchar, Gabbard, Yang. And he hasn't even had a debate show yet so anyway but he's at three percent it's kind of fascinating anyway so Steyer I don't know why he's in here Booker you know it's kind of the same thing I said about Beto for like the last couple months I'm like I don't know why he's still here that's kind of where Booker Steyer um and Harris are at right now probably Tulsi to some degree although I think for different reasons she's she's been cheated I think some here uh try and finish up this scary stories to tell in the dark race relations they're in Atlanta that'll be so look for that. There's going to be people who are trying to keep their support in the black community, and there's going to be some who are trying to gain support in the black community. They'll probably talk about inequality, police violence, um, look for some pitches on reparations, which is incredibly disingenuous, but whatever. Uh, gender stuff, it's a, it's all female moderators. There's five of them. So there'll probably be some stuff about uh, reproductive rights, uh, abortion, I think will be a big part of it. Again, I don't know why they really talk about it, because they all basically agree um, that they, none of them have really answered questions out. Um, but anyway, so that'll be a big one. Guns after the shooting in California. I don't know. Maybe it's not a shooting that really checks the boxes of the narrative. It was a pistol that was used by a non-white person. So who knows if they'll talk about guns or not. I don't know. Impeachment, especially after Gordon Sunland's uh, testimony today. I think they will talk impeachment, probably talk about in terms of governmental processes, like uh, the Supreme Court, Electoral College, etc. So I expect all that to be baked into the cake. Um, the big one that they're going to talk about is going to be healthcare because that continues to be the differentiating thing among these candidates. Pete Buttigieg is going to continue to make his case for Medicare for those who want it. Um, again, Warren's going to have to make her case that her plan is actually workable. Sanders is going to continue to talk about how he wrote the damn bill. You know, whatever. But he can just keep saying the same thing. He does. He hasn't changed anything. Not differentiate himself 
from Warren now that she's released her plan. So um, those are the things I look for. The things I would like for them to talk about, I don't know if they will, they'll probably address the U.S.'s role in the world more broadly, but I'd like for them to discuss Israel, especially with the recent, you know, tons of rockets fired into Jerusalem. Uh, I would love for them to talk about Hong Kong. What is the, what, if any, is the U.S.'s role in Hong Kong uh, and standing up to China and what's going on in Hong Kong right now? It's incredibly from China. So I'd like for them to talk about that. I'd like for them to talk about Bolivia. There's some fascinating stuff happening in South America. I'm going to do a whole video on what's going on in Bolivia and Venezuela so and Brazil, some of these other countries. It's really fascinating. But right now, there's uh, in Bolivia, the president has fled the country. He's got asylum in Mexico. He was the in charge of the MAS, which was the Movement for Socialism Party. And basically... The Constitution limited him to three terms, and he ran for a fourth term anyway. And there's been riots and stuff, and there's been there elections in like 90 days. So anyway, so there's a lot of stuff happening there, and I'd be interested to see if they talk about what is our role in the world, what is our role in helping out people that are trying to fight oppression and have some sense of stability and democracy while at the same time not engaging in nation building. So I think that'd be a really fascinating conversation. I don't know if they'll have that conversation or not. Um, but I, I would be interested in it. And then lastly, I would be really fascinated if they address some of these comments from Obama and address that divide in the party in a real way. Hold people to their answers in a real way and say, what does it look like to go too far left? Um, that's one of the things that Obama addressed. And no one really talks about that. That's something Jordan Peterson has talked about in the past where he said, we know what it looks like when the right goes too far. They talk about white nationalism and all this stuff that's totally gross. And they're like, yeah, you know, you don't get to be part of the conversation anymore, okay? Once you start bringing that racial crap into it, no way. And so we know what, the, what it looks like for the right to go too far, but there isn't a conversation about what it looks like when the left goes too far, like in Venezuela or in communist Russia or China, you know? And so, like, I think it would be interesting to see if they would hold people and the issues that Obama talked about, because really he's talking about two things. He's talking about ideology that is harmful whenever either side goes too far. But he's also talking about alienating huge swaths of voters and the future of the Democratic Party more generally. Um, and so it's a really good question to ask. It's a good conversation to have. We'll see if they actually do it. Um, all right, it's dark. That's it. That's it for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I'm going to do a live stream on Sunday. We'll talk about the debates, some other things that are happening in the news right now that are absolutely bonkers. I want to get into the stuff some other stuff around the world broadly and I'll probably finally break down and talk about some of the impeachment stuff even though I find it incredibly boring um, thank you for tuning in if you like this stuff please subscribe to my YouTube channel that's at return to reason or follow me on Twitter at my mundane mind I'll put links in the description every time it starts doing the reconnect thing I like freeze and I have to wait for it to reconnect so I feel really silly but anyway it is what it is so I'll put links to all those um, and if you have any questions, if you think I'm wrong about anything, please uh, shoot me a message or leave a comment. Um, I love to pe hear people's thoughts on this stuff. Um, anyway, that's it. I will check you next time. See you later.